0: Well this is Vision Sunday, Vision 2023, and uh, I am so excited to be able to finally get here and share what God has put on our hearts. How many of you are excited this morning? Come on, give me a wave if you're excited. I am excited. And I'm thrilled that you're here with us today. We've taken a break from a series that we've been doing Your first step to your greatest successes. And uh, thank God it's been a really well received series so far. uh, Where we've done, I believe, three sermons in the series. Next week I will pick up exactly where I left off from last week. But as we had scheduled today, is Vision 2023. I am uh, excited. I am challenged, and I'm ready to break through. Amen. Amen. Would you pray with me? And look at me for a moment. And this is why I'm going to ask you to pray. I can't turn one person's thought. I can't change one mind. I can't speak into anyone's spirit, but the Holy Spirit can. Amen. And so I want you to come into agreement that today, As I, representative of the pastoral team of this church, as I share the vision that we believe in prayer, God has directed us to go down this path. As I share it, that we will all catch hold of God's will and God's way. And that we will respond as one man, one voice, one entity doing and carrying out God's purpose for this church this year. Can I get an agreement? So that's what we're going to pray. Would you close your eyes? Father, I thank you for an excellent team of pastors around me. I thank you that they serve so well. Pastor Jan, Pastor Tom, Pastor Carlos, Pastor Steve, and Pastor Amy. I thank you for their contributions, and more than just contributions, I thank you that in their very lives, they are people that are passionate for you and run after you. I thank you for the way they love you and serve you. I thank you for the way they come around me and support me. I thank you for the way they love this congregation and are always looking to touch lives and reach out. Now, Father, as we come into agreement today, just like this series that has kicked off this new year, yes, the first step to your greatest successes, and it's all about not my will, not my way, but your will and your way be done. And even as we share this vision, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will take the heart of God and cause every man, every woman, every person in this place to be caught up in God's vision so that at the end of the day, we can all say, God's will, God's way. And everyone said, amen, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Pastor Amy just made an entrance here because she's still pulling things together for me. And she's gonna go out to Grace and Faith Kids now. Give her a big hand. She's such a hard worker. God bless you. <clears throat> she brought me a, a cheat. Sh- I'll come for that in a moment. Yeah. She brought me a cheat sheet. How's that? All right. You know, for many years, uh, you hear about how important it is to write a mission statement and then a vision statement. And uh, <clears throat> I joke about the fact that my son keeps telling me that a mission statement and a vision statement needs to just be two or three sentences long. And so I immediately am disqualified from writing one straight away. Uh, everything I do is usually a little bit long-winded. Uh, and, but uh, I joke about that. But in all honesty, I think to myself, how do you write? everything you want to accomplish. I mean, if you're hearing from God uh, a mission, what is our mission and our purpose on life? I think of all the great things that need to happen, and I'd get stumped. How do I put that down in just a couple of sentences? And something's been happening in my heart over the last four or five years. And uh, the other day, I put pen to paper, and I believe that I have really captured what God is about in my heart and what he's been speaking into this church. And when I finished writing this mission statement and then the vision statement, I was so excited. My son offered to just change it a little bit, and I let him know very clearly that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> and... Uh, I shared it with all the pastors and I asked them this question Would you live for this and would you be willing to die for this? And I was so thrilled because unanimously every one of them said to me, Absolutely. And so I'm excited to share with you today uh, a concise uh, mission statement and a vision statement. I was here in Bible College Monday night and I was with the students and we were just watching a video from the previous two years. And I made a statement, which really is the totality of the vision, the mission statement I'm going to share today. And I, I said to each of them, I said, take note of what I just said. Take note of what I just said. And in the video, I had said, when I finally stand before God at the end of my life, I want God to be able to look at me and laugh and say, Rob, at times you got me excited, jumping and shouting, and other times in your antics you got me laughing. But I love the way you passionately endeavored to reveal who I really am to the masses. And that, you will see, is woven through our mission statement and our vision statement. So, if you look to the screen, you will see our mission statement. Grace and faith's mission is to reveal the truth of how good God really is. It's our privilege, it's our honor, it's our destiny to display God's passion and compassion to everyone. Can I get an agreement with that? You see, the reason why this is so important to me is because religion has often put the wrong face of God before the people. It has, in its genuine, sincere attempt, has often misrepresented how good and how great and how awesome God is. And when I comb over the beginnings of the very fall of humanity, I see that there would never have been a fall unless Satan had successfully misrepresented the image of who God was. And he started by posing a question to their spirit because it's in the spirit that Adam and Eve first heard. And he said to their spirit, Did God really say? And for every one of us, Every one of us have asked that question in our own heart when we think the Spirit of God has spoken to us. That question is echoed because the enemy put that mark and he put that shadow in, his, in our soul to question, did God really say? Especially when we read the promises, the question rises up inside of us. Hath God said, and the reason why that question is there is because we find it so hard to believe that anybody could be so benevolent, so goodwill, so well-meaning, and so pure in goodness, and I'm here today to declare that it is our mission to pull down the blinders and the obstacles of religion and the face that they have painted of God and to rectify the lies that were perpetrated in the Garden of Eden and to declare to the world, God is good. Come on, church. So grace and faith's mission statement is to reveal the truth of how good God really is. It is our privilege, it is our honor, and it is our destiny to display God's passion and compassion to everyone. Our vision, how are we going to carry that out? Now this one took me three slides. I couldn't reduce it to one slide, so here we go. It is our vision to show the world he cares about us. He understands us, and he helps us. God so loved, he cares about us. He understands us. The prophet Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 11, is prophesying about Jesse's root and how out of that stump would come a tender branch It's a prophecy about the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And it says, and the spirit of wisdom and counsel will be upon him, the spirit of might and understanding. If there's one thing that I love so much about God is that he gets me even better than other human beings who go through the same garbage I go through. And yet at times we could be intolerant, at times we could be lacking compassion and understanding. And yet from the realm of perfection comes a God who never makes a mistake and yet he understands us, he gets us. You know, after David sinned, by committing murder and adultery. He committed adultery first, and to cover his tracks, he then committed murder. In his repentance, and in after his time of his face, just being on the ground, repenting nationally before the nation and before God, he writes in Psalm 103, he says, God doesn't treat us as our sins deserve. Turn to somebody right now and say, isn't that the truth? God doesn't treat us as our sins deserve. And then David also says in that psalm, he says this, he knows how we are made. He gets us. And I love the fact that though we talk about God, this awesome deity, the only true God, I have found that my Father in heaven sometimes is more human than the humanity I see in flesh and blood around me. He gets us. Can I get an agreement? He gets us. And so our vision is to show the world he cares. God so loved the world he gave his only son. He understands us and he helps us. And in that phrase, he helps us. He will forgive us of our sins. He will set us free from our guilt and our shame. He helps us. He gives us a position in the heavens and he calls us sons, not forgiven sinners. I am no longer a sinner saved by grace. I am now a son of God raised to a destiny and seated in heavenly places. Can I get an amen? He helps us. He will heal me of the fractures in my soul, the things that took place in every one of us from childhood through teenage years and adulthood. We have been fractured in our emotions and in our intellect, and there have been hurts and wounds. He helps us. He heals us in our soul. He heals us in our body. He helps us. He will bring breakthrough in every aspect of our lives. And I love the fact that our vision is to show the world He cares, he understands, and he helps us. Somebody, give me an amen. We do this by showing. We do this by how we live. We do this by sharing. Speaking, telling others. We do this by teaching. That God so loved the world, or that God loves the world so much, He became one of us. He identified with us. He paid the price for us. I don't know about you, but everything that was written against me, every shame, every guilt, every error, and every charge that could be placed against me, Jesus Christ came and he paid the price, praise God. He broke the curse off of every one of us. The Bible says that God became flesh and dwelt amongst us and that he became the curse so that we could be curse-free. Thank you. Our end goal is God's end goal to restore everyone back to the fullness and wholeness of God's perfect plan for their life. Come on, give the Lord an agreement. In John chapter 17, verse uh, uh, 6, the first part of that verse, Jesus is about to go to the cross, and he's talking with his disciples, and only John records this prayer. It's amazing that while Three of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, carry such a a synergy, and they often repeat similar stories. John captures a completely another aspect of God's heart. And John's the only one who writes this prayer down. And as Jesus is coming towards the end of his life, and he's about to go to the cross, he prays, and in verse uh, Verse 6, he says, Father, I have manifested who you really are. And I have revealed you to the men and women that you gave me. You see, he's about to go to the cross. And he's concluding his mission on earth. And this was his statement. I have revealed who you really are to the world. And his final statement of who God is, he said on the cross as he gave up his life for our lives. This is our mission and vision statement. It comes out of this. Everything Jesus came to do was to reveal the heart of God Pharisees and scribes and religious teachers were running all over Jerusalem and Galilee and they were teaching the people heavy laws and rules that even they couldn't fulfill. In fact, Jesus said to the Pharisees one day, he said, you are not entering the kingdom of God and you're stopping others from entering as well. He said, I got news for you. As much as you try to load up people with these heavy rules and regulations and there's no care, there's no There's no justice. There's no faithfulness. There's no mercy shown in what you teach. I have news for you. Even prostitutes and tax collectors are coming into the kingdom of God, and you're missing it. Wow. We don't want to be a religious church. We want to be people who are down to earth and just absolutely real We want to be people who talk real, who talk honest, who are sincere. I'm not afraid or ashamed to tell you that I don't live a perfect life. I stumble. Sometimes I crumble. But in Christ, I rise up again and again and again. Hallelujah. Church, it's our goal. It's our mission, it's our privilege, it's our honor, it's our destiny to rip the face of religion apart and show people what God is really like. How many of you could live for that and die for that? Give me a shout, a wave, stand up, do whatever. Come on, church, this is it. To show the world what God is really like. God loves us, He cares, He understands, and He helps us. Amen. 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 Praise God. Thank you. Thank you so much for being in agreement. Because of this mission and vision statement, it is very important that we understand a mission and a vision can only come to reality if people serve In the house. You see, we have a a phrase here we don't have to serve, we get to serve. The difference is one person sees it as an obligation and the other sees it as an honor and a privilege. God has given us a destiny and He has given us the honor of carrying the news of who He is so that we could break through the face of religion and show people that Jesus Christ came to set us free. What an honor. It is important to serve. I want to talk to you for a moment about our impact globally. Just in the last year, in 2022, we have given a total of $60,883 into Uh, global missions. Isn't that pretty awesome? You see, we teach you to tithe because God tells us to tithe. But I want you to understand that while churches are looking for every dollar they can get, in this house especially, we understand that the principle of tithing is an unbreakable law in the spiritual realm. And so we take 10% As the tithes come in, we take 10% off the top. And this year, we've actually given a little bit over that 10%, straight back into evangelism, straight back into other fields of missions. Two areas that we, uh, while there are many areas that we have poured into, uh, one of the areas you're very familiar with, and that is uh, Christmas operation, uh, where we send shoe boxes around the world through uh, Franklin Graham's organization. And we send awesome clothing and outfits, everything brand new, where kids will get a, a complete outfit like this here, where girls will get a beautiful, brand new, not secondhand dress. And then we usually send some toys. And recently my workers, and it's amazing, they get this stuff for like 30 cents, 50 cents, 80 cents. And recently they found these balls. Could you imagine what kids in a third world country would do with a bright colored ball like this? Larry, catch. <laughs> All right, there you go. <laughs> uh, and so of course this won't fit in a shoebox. but we deflate them and then we send it with a little bicycle pump. And for under $2, I believe, and if I'm incorrect, don't stone me, but for under $2, we can send them something like that. We send them clothes. We put shoes in every shoe box as well. And in the past... Uh, this year, I believe we exceeded more than we have sent out in all the previous years. We sent out 1,000 shoeboxes to third world countries. It has gone to five different nations. Awesome. Awesome. And you make that happen. I, I, I got to tell you, I was so excited when we had the packing party. Workers had worked all year collecting shoeboxes, and getting all of these goods. It's amazing. We could, you know, if we wanted to just make a business on the sales that they get, the items they get, we could mark them up over and over and over again. Amy and her workers have found items like that of clothing. Uh, In fact, she just walked into Walmart recently and bought, complete sets for three cents. Three cents. You have to ask yourself, why'd they even bother charging the three cents? Three cents. And so I am thrilled. And obviously, uh, this is one of the ways that we have poured The gospel of Jesus Christ, we've taken it around the world. Another way is through supporting missionaries like Rev. C. We have Rev. C. here today. He's been a very faithful uh, worker for the kingdom of God, but also a very faithful friend to me and to this church. And I'm going to ask him if he could just give us a quick breakdown in the next three minutes. Give him a warm welcome as he comes to the platform. Rev C. is running Bible colleges, and listen, this is so near and dear to my heart because he is raising up leaders around the world in third world countries. Thank you, Rev. It's so good to be here, and
1: I appreciate the opportunity. How many of you realize that your pastor is a spirit-led man? You know, I have the opportunity to be in many churches because... To do what we do, it takes a lot of people standing with us to help. You have been a part of our ministry for a long time now. And uh, you keep sowing in, and that keeps helping us to move forward. The, the statistics that are going to be in the vision booklet that Pastor is speaking from, you're all going to get this, I imagine, yes. before you leave today. The, even the stats that are about our ministry um, have already outgrown what's in the printed here. Wow. We have seen over 4,500 graduates now from the program. It's a two-year Bible school program. It's accredited here in the United States. But in a third-world country, to get an accredited degree from the United States is a big deal. And we don't charge anything for the material. We make it available to pastors like this one who have a heart to train others and send them out. And I know he has a Bible school right here. We even help with some of the material for the Bible school here. And so God has been so good to me to give me the opportunity to go and help train pastors and Christian leaders. But a part of what has made it possible for me has been obedience to God. Hmm. The Bible tells us that obedience is better than sacrifice. It's much better to obey God and to do it when he tells you to do it. One of the things that keeps you from moving forward is debt. It's hard to do some of the things you want to do for God if you're strapped to debt. And I know pastors going to talk to you about eliminating debt. And I'm here to encourage you to do so. And I want to share with you very quickly something that took place in my own life that I think will help you to see God's purpose and what he's trying to accomplish today. And that was about three years before I left Countryside Christian Center to go full-time in the missions. God spoke to my heart, and he told me to pay off the mortgage on my home. Now, as a pastor, my parsonage expenses are tax-deductible to a certain level. If you go over that level, then you pay taxes like everybody else on the extra expense. God told me, spoke to my heart, and said, I want you to pay off your mortgage. I had no idea why. I had no desire to go into missions at that point in my life. I was very happy doing what I was doing, but God said, do it. So I said, okay. So every spare cent that I could come up with, I started paying every month in addition to my mortgage payments over and above what my parsonage allowance would allow the government to give me tax-free. My tax lady that does my taxes, has been doing it for years, she says, Rev C, why are you doing this? If you just slow down and just do what's within your parsonage allowance, the government's going to help you pay for your house. And I said, yeah, I know, but God told me to do this. And obedience is better than sacrifice. Even if I don't understand what's ahead. Three years later, Countryside Christian Center went through a split. 11 of 13 pastors left. And I remained on staff for an extra six months to help Pastor Lloyd, John Lloyd, rebuild his staff. He was so excited that I had offered to do so simply because I'd been on staff for 10 years. Now, all of the pastors, when they left, were given a severance benefit. That severance benefit was one month of pay for every two years you had worked on staff. When it came time for me to leave, I knew I was to go full-time into missions. So after my six months were up, I had been there 10 years. And so when I left, for the next five months, they paid me my normal paycheck each month. The month that we paid off the mortgage on our home was the fifth month.
0: Yeah. Praise God. God is faithful.
1: I had been faithful for three years not knowing why. God knew what he was bringing me to a place where there would not be near as much money coming in. And as a missionary, I can tell you, in the beginning stage, there was not near as much money coming in. But I didn't need as much suddenly. And God made a way. I have never been without what I needed to do what God called me to do. Never have I ever been without what God needed for me to do what he called me to do. God but is had true. I not obeyed, had I not obeyed, I would have been crippled by the debt of the mortgage on my home. Yeah. And there wouldn't have been enough money to do what mm. God called me to do. I don't know all that God has planned for grace and faith. But I know that if we don't do something now to eliminate the debt that this church has, And it's not that great of a debt, but we need to eliminate it so that we can free ourselves to move forward in what God has for
0: this church. Amen. Absolutely.
1: And if we don't do that, I think we are going to regret not having done so. Hmm. And so I hope you'll hear the voice of your pastor today. Vicki and I, Vicki's not able to be here today because Daniel's been sick with a head cold. And we didn't want to contaminate anybody else. And so forgive us for that, but Vicki and I have already made an offering because we knew this was coming. Actually, Pastor woke me up at 3 in the morning when I was in South Africa, got me out of bed to ask me if I would do a video for this presentation. Well, I didn't have to do a video because I'm here. And now we have 84 Bible schools because I was in Botswana, actually, to start another Bible school. God has been so good, and I know he has great things for Amen. grace and faith. Thank you. We wanted to kick off this thing, so we've already made our offering. But, you know, one of the things that I was doing, and I want to share this to end, what I was doing every month was over and above. Yeah. Let me say that again. Over and above what I normally was doing in my parsonage. If you start redirecting your tithe, that's not going to help us any. We've got to do something over and above what is our normal giving. Now, you may say, where's that going to come from? God was faithful to me every month. Amen. I have never had a bill that I couldn't pay when it was due. I've never paid interest on a credit card.
0: Praise God. God
1: will give you increase.
0: Absolutely. Because he knows what you
1: need, and he knows what you're doing with what he's giving you. If you will allow God to trust you, to be faithful with what you've got, then he will see that you have more than enough to take care of your need. Can you say amen?
0: Yes. All right, church,
1: let's get together and let's do this thing. Praise God. And let's get out from under this debt so we can move forward in what God has for us.
0: Thank you, Rev. C. Rev. C. Eighty-four Bible colleges in how many nations?
1: 23 or four nations right now, 84 Bible schools.
0: That's awesome. And how many churches did you guys help to build in Africa?
1: We've done over a dozen in Africa, and we've also done five or six in the Philippines. Wow. It's just been amazing what God's done. Our graduates are going out and pioneering churches. That's great. The only thing I require is you must own the land. So once they get the land, they say, Rev. C., we need a building. Help us with the building. And so we've been building buildings.
0: Amen. So we have been supporting Rev. C. and his missionary ventures for the last, I think, four or five years, if not longer. No, uh, no, 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 no. That's gone out into many different areas of uh, missionary ventures. Uh, we have to include uh, what we have poured our finances into in terms of global impact, there is also a local impact. And so our impact locally during 2020, when COVID hit us all by surprise, this church uh, prepared, made, and gave out over 2,000 hot meals, and we also distributed several pallets of food goods during the COVID pandemic. During this last hurricane relief that came, we gave away 1,200 pounds of food to hurricane victims. That's what we're doing as a church. We are not a mega church, but we have a mega punch and a mega effect. Can I get an agreement? In 2022, we saw over 134 salvations. That is over 2.5 people getting saved every Sunday of every week of 2022. Now, of course, some Sundays we don't see as a decision, and then the next Sunday we'll have four or five. Last week, we had three here in the auditorium, and in the youth department, they had a decision for Christ as well. So there was four just last week. Amen. Amen. What is our vision for 2023? This year, we're believing to be able to tithe out into missions, missions is globally and locally. And so between all the things that we do, we are believing to be able to tithe out $70,000 into missionary work, local and globally. Number two, our vision for 2023 is to see 270 people saved in the course of this year. How many of you are excited about that? Come on. I I, I was thrilled earlier this week, one of my pastors uh, came to me, I think it was Pastor Tom, and he said, look what I found on Facebook. And one of our recent uh, decisions for Christ, uh, in fact, I'm going to say it, Jennifer uh, put on Facebook uh, a a little uh, blurb and she said, the best decision I have ever made in my life is asking Jesus Christ into my heart. Awesome, 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 awesome. Uh, So we're believing God for 270 decisions for Christ. Number three, we are believing to disciple 216 people to go through our discipleship course. Church, we put funds into people's lives. We're not trying to hoard money. We're not trying to get rich. We're trying to reinvest the funds that come into this house back into people's lives. And so, you know, I've pastored for well over 40 years now, and... Uh, been in a few countries and been in a few nations, and my attitude is if we're going to do something for God and if we're going to try to convince people that they're worth it, we need to not just say it with our mouth but put our money where our mouth is. Can I get an agreement? And so we've put together a discipleship course in this church where in the first uh, few weeks you get a free Bible, a New Testament, you get the study book with seven lessons we feed you every week straight after church as we take you through the lessons. We, uh, at, at the end, we uh, went... Uh, when we have water baptisms, we even give them a brand new uh, Christian t-shirt that says Raised to Life, a black t-shirt. It's written Raised to Life, has the name of the church on the side, and they actually get baptized wearing those t-shirts, and then it's theirs to use as a witnessing tool in their day-to-day Uh, lives. We also have all of these colored brochures that we hand out to the students when they complete the course. They get the complete package, and they get, of course, this Bible cover to keep everything in a safe place. You see, we just don't want numbers. Oh, 270 people coming to Jesus. No, we want people discipled. And you have to put your money where your mouth is. If we're talking from our heart, then our pockets have got to match what our heart is saying. And so it has become a very intentional goal of ours to Ground people in the word of God. We want to be a birthing center where people get saved, but we want to be a discipling center where people are discipled and eventually even sent out to other areas of ministry. Can I get an agreement here this morning? Are you with me? We're believing this year that we will baptize 173 people in water. Isn't that cool? We've already baptized one person in 60-degree water, (laughs) Uh, but we have, from this discipleship class, we already have, I believe it's 12 people that will be getting baptized in water in a couple of weeks. Amen. Now, there are four steps to make this all happen. How are we going to get so many decisions? Well, that's part of the vision. One of the things that we used to do is we would uh, occasionally put on a Sunday morning and it would be called Miracles Happen. And it was like a, a little bit like a Tonight Live set up with a desk and some lounges. And we would interview people who have had phenomenal miracles take place in their lives. We'd often advertise it on Joy FM or any of the Christian radio stations. We would uh, advertise it through Facebook and other social media platforms. We're gonna show a quick video a 60-second video of what a miracle happens looks like. Thank you, Pastor Carlos.
1: She should have been dead.
0: If she wasn't dead, but she lived, she should have severe problems. Ella does not have severe problems. She is just as active as she's supposed to be, and she's talking like she should. People
1: are running out, people are scared. You see the, you know, horror in some people's faces. Everyone's got relatives that work in Manhattan. So the tower fell. I just saw the people now become gray. And I saw that famous cloud of smoke. There's no more color. Everything is black and white, basically gray.
0: Doctors gave Tom zero chance of living the next few weeks.
1: 20 years ago,
0: I was dying. Fact is, I'm here in Florida today with you all. (laughs) Because it lined up with the truth. Amen. Amen. So a miracle happens becomes uh, an opportunity to share an amazing story. We have Tina has a phenomenal testimony and she will be one of our miracle happens Uh, presentations that we do, but it's amazing that once we start advertising, we usually fill the house up with people, and we always make a call for salvation, and so Miracle Happens becomes one of the ways that we will reach a greater number of people this year. The second way that we intend to do that is we are planning that as we do Miracle Happens services, we will actually do an early morning service as well. And so we'll do the miracle happens at 8:30 service and then at the 10:30 service so that it gives us twice as much opportunity to reach more people and to get more decisions for Jesus Christ. Listen church, you and I we could talk politics day and night, but politics will never change the heart of a human being. And the only thing that will change the heart of this country is when Jesus Christ comes into people's lives. And so the number one priority, the number one thing that should be on our lips, the number one debate should be how much more can we do to evangelize and bring Jesus into people's lives. Can I get an agreement? Yes. Amen. And so we'll be going to two services during the miracle happens, and then as the congregation grows, we will continue to serve this community with two services on a Sunday morning. And I say that, and it brings me to my next point, and that is this. Are you ready to serve? There are many ways that you can serve in this church. We want to cast our net further out. We want to reach more people. It is our honor. It is our privilege. It is our destiny to reveal to people how good God really is. They've had enough of church. Now let them see what the raw power of Christianity really looks like. Let's bring a Jesus to them that is down to earth. He's real and he cares. Come on. Agree with me today, yes, amen, you can serve by going to this QR code, even if I believe you focus your phone on it right now, you could fill out the card in the back of your seat, we have serve cards in the back of your seat, there's a QR card, a code on the card as well, and you can do it online, or you could do it on the card itself, but we need people to serve. A great church remains great because people remain committed to the mission and the vision, and they get involved, and they serve. The third way that we're going to reach our goals is through new local residents. Uh, I had uh, one of my uh, workers pull up some statistics and in a 10-mile radius of this building, in the last 90 days alone, over 7,000 new people moved into the area. That is amazing. They're coming from New York. They're coming from California. They're coming from everywhere. And, you know, we could say, hey, I don't want people crowding our territory but as a preacher and as a son of God who knows it's our privilege and our honor and our destiny to show the world what God really looks like, I think to myself, come on, bring them in so that we can win him to Jesus Christ. Can I get an agreement? Absolutely. And so one of the things we're doing, my cousin has a, a print shop in Pennsylvania, and uh, he does these mail outs, and we're going to partner with him And let me assure you, he is a born-again, spirit-filled Christian, and so he does everything for us almost at cost. And uh, I, I just love this guy, Kenny. He is, his, his own dad was a pastor as well. And his dad, like my dad, have both been promoted to glory. So Kenny has a real heart for missions and seeing people get saved. In fact, he's forever picking my ideas so that he could share them with his church in the hopes that they would also get more excited and more evangelistic. But uh, we, what we will be doing is, Kenny gets the lists of all the new residents who move into an area, and we will choose a, an area around our church, maybe a, a five-mile radius around our church, and they will get a, a, like a postcard-sized invitation inviting them to come to Grace and Faith Church. And then, of course, how can they not come back after they meet all of you? Absolutely. The fourth way we're going to do that is we're going to increase our reach into the Hispanic community. I love the fact that God has given us a multicultural church. When God told me to pioneer the church, I came from Australia uh, via New York. Uh, I said to God, I don't want a white church. I see white churches, and then I see black churches, and then I see Latino churches. And I said to God, I don't want a white church. I might be white by that type of definition, but your kingdom is every color and every shade. And so, yeah. I'm being honest with you. This was a very genuine prayer. I mean, I didn't just pray it once. I constantly kept praying it and speaking it into being. I said, God, I don't want to just attract white people. I don't want a white church. I don't want a black church. I don't want a Latino church. I want them all because that's what the kingdom of God is. And what the world needs to see is that the walls of division and racism and prejudice can be broken down in the body of Jesus Christ. Amen. And I thank God that's what we have here. I love it. I celebrate the fact that we have people different than me. That's really, really good. It's awesome. Together, our diversity paints a clearer picture of what the kingdom of God really looks like. It's also a a multi-generational church. We have young people, young adults, young couples just getting married. We have young families. We have more settled families, and then we have mature people like me. And I love the fact that it is uh, multicultural and generational. But God has put on our hearts to work with a missionary slash pastor. I've known these people for many, many years. They live in Uruguay, and that is Pastor Daniel and Gabriela. We're going to put their picture up, and many of you have already met them. Well, as of June this year... Uh, they will be transitioning into this church. We are not starting yet we are not starting a separate spanish church it 's their heart. They watch us every sunday they 're watching us now, and they just have a heart to be with grace and faith church and so they want to be pastors here, missionaries here, working amongst Latin based culture groups, and so we're going to let them speak to us for a moment by video. Thank you, team. Good morning, Grace and Faith Church. We are Machado's family. Hi, my name
1: is Joanna I'm 21, and we are very excited to meet all of you and be part of this project. Hello, my name is Ivana, I'm the youngest of this family and I just want to say that we are so grateful with Rob and all the church for making us feel welcome. Hi everybody, my name is Gabriela and I'm very happy to be part of Grace and Faith family. We are moving to Tampa in June to start working with the Latin people. We know Pastor Rob for many years, he and your church had blessing our lives and ministry in different opportunities. And now we get the chance to serve you. Estoy muy contenta de conocer los latinos y poder estar entre ustedes. Quiero abrazar a cada uno de ustedes y poder conversar y poder formar una linda familia también de latinos en Tampa. Muy pronto nos vemos, le mandamos un abrazo grande, oramos por ustedes y que ustedes oren por nosotros.
0: See you. Awesome. Thank you, Pastor Daniel, and Gabriella, and to your beautiful daughters. And the fourth uh, way—sorry—and that is the fourth way that we intend to reach our goals of seeing more and more people get saved. Our challenge is this: we're outgrowing our space. You can only. Park as many people as you can sit, and you can only sit as many people as you can park. Our dilemma is parking. And so we are outgrowing our space. We can park approximately 128 spaces, and we are already very, very close to capacity. And as Americans, if things aren't comfortable, people will quickly just look to go somewhere where it's more comfortable. Our challenge we have a two-pronged solution to our challenge. And uh, we're gonna look at the first prong of this solution, and that is to renovate this property. And so by renovating this property, uh, we want to pick up the standard of this building in case God should give us land in immediately around us, uh, But also, if God should move us, we want to be able to have the property at an excellent standard of repair and maintenance so that we could make the best use of this asset that God has given us. How many of you have come to grace and faith because you drove by, and as you drove by, something told you to come in? Would you put your hand up and keep your hands up? Everyone turn around and have a look. These are what we call drive-bys. The devil has his version of drive-bys and people's lives expire. God has a way of having drive-bys and people get inspired. Amen. We thank God for this location. Again, when I had a congregation of barely 50, 60 people, we were renting. And uh, I said to God, God, I want a location on the main road, high visibility. You said that we shouldn't hide our candle under uh, the bed or under a bushel, that we should bring our light to the front. And so even though it sounds crazy, it sounds impossible, we're barely 60 people, I'm asking you for property on the main road so that we have major visibility. God answered that prayer, and here we are today. With barely a hundred people and no money in the bank, we purchased this. Let me tell you, it was a miracle. It really was. When we approached the bank, they said, well, how much are you going to put down? We said, nothing. (laughs) And his eyebrow went really high. (laughs) Actually, his eyebrow reached his hairline. (laughs) I believe in miracles. I believe that if we believe God, God can show us stuff that he can do that we haven't seen yet. I believe the church has got to be busting with faith, busting with excitement, and we need to give God a bigger platform because God is bigger than anything we've seen so far. Come on, do you agree? Our God is big. The second solution or the second prong prong to our challenge is to increase property and territory. So I'm going to talk about these in a little bit more detail. We're going to look at prong number one. This building, this half of the building needs a new roof. We've been faithful. The other uh, uh, three units that we own, we own this whole property. We've already put a new roof on the property, but some of you may have noticed during hurricane season, we often have buckets out because this roof is leaking. We have some uh, ceiling <coughs> tiles that are permanently stained as a reminder, and uh, that 's not <coughs> excuse me that 's not a great look when new people come in to see that we can 't even maintain and that 's not the case but We are going to look at doing a new roof. Secondly, we're looking at general renovations that need to be done, things like in the parking lot. We have some windows that leak, (coughs) and uh, we need to take care of these basic general renovations. So between a new roof and general renovations, we're looking at believing God in terms of restoration We need approximately $337,000 just to bring up the standard of the building that we all enjoy. I thank God that we have a suite just for the children's church. I thank God that we have a really cool nursery right here next door. We have a multi-purpose room. But we need to renovate our property. And putting a roof on a commercial building like this isn't like putting a roof on your house. It's a lot more involved and a lot more expensive. The second prong that I spoke about is uh, we're gonna do that by paying off the debt. When we purchased this building, we paid $1.7 million for this property. And it was a miracle that a group of 100 people could buy a property like this. God gave us foresight And before a lot of this stuff around here was even built, this building was out here like a sore thumb. It was just sticking out. And I saw it. There was a sign up for lease. And uh, I thought, you know what? That would make a good church uh, for stage one. And so I rang the broker and I said, I see you have a for lease sign. Would you consider selling? And he said, yes. And uh, so I consulted with some of the leaders in the church at the time, and uh, we took this crazy uh, journey of faith, and here we are today. We purchased this, and as a result, with our foresight, we purchased this before the gas station was built, before the apartments across the street were built, before the apartments down the road by Country Way were built. We purchased this and established ourselves here before uh, there's some more apartments down this side that were recently built. Before all of that, we had vision and we had faith, and even though our, we were believing for something big, God met our faith, even though our congregation was really small. I want you to repeat something after me. God can... Do it, do it again, and God will do it again. Amen. So we bought this property for 1.7 million. I want you to know that we used good judgment, and today we've had this here valued by real estate agents, and they've said, well, two years ago they said you could get somewhere between 2.8 million and 3.2 mil. Today we believe that it's closer to the 3.2, maybe even 3.5 million dollars. I want you to understand that we try to use good business sense, but I also want you to understand we listen to the Spirit of God and we make good decisions. Could you give us a vote of approval by saying amen? amen? Absolutely. While we purchased this building for $1.7 million, again, we have paid off in principle. So obviously, there's always principle and interest. We have paid our interest. We've also paid in principle $1,037,000. We are not a mega church. You see how we pour uh, and invest funds into evangelism reaching the world, and yet God has honored us. And as a small local congregation, we've made a hefty principal payment of $1,037,000. And that means that the debt remaining on this building is only $663,000. That's less than a decent-sized house on today's market. Think about it, church. That's the equivalent of a decent-sized house today. And uh, we have been very, very good stewards of what God has given us. What's the total? Here's our goal. Renovations, 337000 want to pay off the debt, $663,000. Our goal is to raise a million dollars so that we could be ready for the next stage and the next part of God's vision so that we can reach thousands for Jesus Christ in the Tampa Bay region. Amen. Are you excited? If we could do this by the end of January 2020, we're in 2023 now, 2024, in 12 months' time, we would actually save $200,000 of interest only if we can do this in the next 12 months. So I want to say again, our goal is to raise a million dollars, and right now my workers are going to come around, and we want to hand out a vision booklet to every person here in the auditorium. They're coming now. I would like one per person, okay, Uh, instead of just one per family. And uh, as you receive, shows you four options in which uh, that you could give, and this extended part of the back page is a tear-off, and you can tear that off and then make... uh, Hand your pledge in. Now, one of the things that I want to encourage you is this here, that uh, when you read through the booklet, I want you to pray. I don't want you to give out of emotionalism. I don't want you to give because you're on a high. I want you to give because you've consulted with God. Our best human decisions are made on a human level purely, are made in consultation with the mind of our intellect and the mind of our emotions. We get in trouble when we only make a decision emotionally. We will often miss God if we only make a decision intellectually. Our best human decisions are made when we consult the mind of our intellect and the mind of our emotions. But our absolute best decisions are made when we consult the mind of God. And so while we've presented the vision here today and we're casting the vision of what God has done and what God wants to do through this church, I want to encourage you to take this booklet home and to make it a matter of prayer. We can do this. By God's strength and by God's grace, we can do this. Look at me, church. I'm not trying to create a nest egg for me. Those of you that have been around here, you know my heart and you've seen the way I operate. Nothing is above me and nothing is beneath me. And when I need to, I'll get down and I'll clean the toilets. When I need to, I'll be in the parking lot digging up the asphalt and redoing the drains. And Pastor Carlos and I have done that over and over and over and over again. I'm not one of those polished pastors who can only exist on a pedestal or behind a glass frame. I'm a regular guy, and I make the same sacrifices. I make the same commitments that I would ever ask you to do. And so our goal is honestly so that we could reach more people for the, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen, I believe America has been a great nation. I believe it with all my heart. I believe this is the best nation on the earth. But I also believe... It's troubled. I also believe that what has been great and what has been glorious, the enemy has been defaming and destroying. You know it, and I know it. I don't care what side of the political spectrum you are on. Politics will divide us. But regardless of what side of politics you come from, you and I know that we are going backwards and we are going downhill really, really quick. And what's going to make America great again is not the right person in a political office. It's the church of Jesus Christ standing up and really getting back to biblical roots and become a Bible-believing, miracle-expecting congregation of people. The White House cannot change the core of human fabric but the church can through Jesus Christ. We need to get our heads out of the sand and any place else that we stick our heads. And we need to get real and we need to get honest. You and I can hide behind the rhetoric of politics, but politics cannot change a broken heart. Politics cannot fix up a broken person. And it's only through the church presenting the gospel of Jesus Christ that has always been the only way and that has always been the only answer and it still is today. And if you can agree with me, let the Lord know you believe in him. I am not in the race to build a mega church of numbers. I am in the race to have a mega effect on Tampa Bay for the cause of the kingdom of God. Amen. I'm going to ask you all to stand with me this morning. Izzy, if you would come to the keyboards, I would appreciate it. Some years ago, based on the stories from the Old Testament, I preached a series entitled, I Don't Know How, But I Know Who. And whenever we're facing an impossible mountain, whenever we're facing something that seems bigger than everything that is in us, over and over again in the Old Testament, and the new we see that god touches the lives of ordinary people he's never used anyone but just common ordinary people and then god combines just ordinary real people with his spirit and as men and women put their trust in god all through the pages of the old testament and the new miracles start to happen I can't tell you where your pledge is going to come from I don't know your finances but I can tell you this that as you listen to the heart and the mind of God as you pray and feel God's heart to win souls and to change this nation God will put a sum, a figure in your heart and then God will bring about the way that it will happen. I have seen miracle after miracle from physical supernatural healings to miracles of finances. We're doing a series right now that basically is all about Not my will, not my way. God, your will and your way be done. When we learn to adopt that mental attitude, it is the first step to all of our great successes. And so today, I lay before you a challenge that God has put on us, the pastoral team We don't want same old, same old. The definition of insanity is doing the same things you've always done and expecting different results. We're here to take hold of the mind of Jesus Christ. The Bible says you have the mind of Christ. And we're here to do good to our nation by being the best Christians we can be And getting back to the reality of God's word and stop going to church, start functioning as the church. We come here and then we want to just go home. We had church, no, your church. You come here to get your fire stick fired up so that you could take it out and be the church in the community. You come here to get inspired, to get sharpened, to get refocused and redirected so that you could go out there and touch your neighbor and touch the people that you work with and talk with at the water cooler. Listen to me, don't be the church that's entertained. Because if we are the church that comes and is just entertained, the enemy will entertain us and he will sidetrack us from our destiny and our purpose. Every church that looked and smelt like the Holy Spirit was a church that was on fire and it was reaching its community, touching the community, and lives were being born again and people's circumstances were changing by the power of God. I'm not calling you to a vision of numbers. I'm calling you to rise up to the challenge that God has put on our heart And while it's awesome to see 137 people saved last year, I think 270 is too little. Somehow we have to accommodate them. Somehow we got to get out of our fears and we got to get out of our inferiority and we got to get out of our selfishness and say, God, what do you want to do? Do it through me. Together, together, as we pray and seek God, God will not only give us direction, God will also bring the provision for the direction. How many of you want to let God have his will and his way more this year than ever before? Come on, come on, come on. Whatever you think of this nation, a lot of good has come from this nation. I won't argue. We've made some mistakes too. But if we talk about the mistakes, all we'll ever see is dark shadows. Let's remember The potential of what this nation can be let's remember the good things and the great things that exist in the fabric of this nation and let's walk with open eyes and reality and realize the enemy is trying to take our common soil from under our ground he wants to destroy Anything and everything that ever made this nation a great nation. You and I owe this nation a debt of responsibility. And that is to be the best church that we can be for Jesus Christ. I often think to myself, in fact, I prayed it this morning. While the worship leaders were praying, I asked if I could pray too. I stood in the middle, and for a few moments, I couldn't find words. I was just weeping in my heart. And I said, God, I don't deserve space or breath if I'm going to live just for me. I have no right to space or breath unless I live for you. I was bought. I was redeemed. He paid a price. I could never repay it. But my motivation is not to try to repay it. I am so in love with the love that God has for me that I can't help but want to share this with as many people in this nation and other nations. Our vision has got to be bigger than just our family. Our vision has got to be bigger than our immediate circle of comfort. You're here today because Jesus made his vision bigger than his circle of comfort. And you're here today because there are people in this church who made their vision bigger than their circle of comfort. There are thousands that need to come into the kingdom of God just in the communities around us. I hope that as you pray, you'll pray, God, not my will and not my way, but your will and your way be done Help us to fulfill your dream for this church and for this region. Can I get an agreement here today? Amen. 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 If you have never asked Jesus Christ into your heart, listen, this isn't about church membership. Man, I've seen people belong to churches and they were as lost as (laughs) anyone else in the world. Listen to me. Just stay and listen. Listen, this is the most important part of the whole service. If you have not asked Jesus in your heart, our vision is that you will fight him today. Amen. While every eye is closed, If something's been stirring in your heart and you want to accept Jesus, last week, three people raised their hand. A young man raised his hand in the youth department. If God's been tugging at your heart today, I understand this was not an evangelistic type message. This was a message to the church, but I'm still gonna put the net out. If you have never asked Jesus Christ into your heart, If you don't know God in an intimate, personal way, he wants to get personal with you. If you've known him, but you walked away, come on, today's time to come home. It's the time to come home. Very quickly, would you raise your hand right now and say, I want to let Jesus Christ be in my heart. If that's you, come on, raise your hand. I see that hand. I saw that hand. Thank you. God bless you. Who else? I'd like to accept Christ today as your Lord and Savior. You're not sure if you've done that. You're not sure if your sins have been forgiven. Those of you that are watching online right now, respond and pray this prayer with me. Everyone, pray this prayer with me. Dear God, I believe you love me. Jesus Christ, you are God. And you became one of us to rescue us, to save us. Jesus Christ, I receive you today. I'm asking you to come live in my life. I open the doors to me and let you come in. Live with me. Talk with me. Lead me. I accept you, Jesus Christ. And I ask you to forgive me of all my mistakes, all my sins. Wash me. Cleanse me. Break the chains off my life. I thank you, God, for Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Come on, church, even today, someone asked Jesus in their heart. Come on. That's awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I want to encourage you. Take it, pray about it, and believe God, and start to take steps of faith with us. Every Sunday, you'll be able to drop your pledge card in together with your offering, and you'll be able to put that in the pledge card We will also have locations around the church with a little sign that says Pledge Card Vision 2023 where you can put in your pledge card. When you read at the back of the book, it'll give you different ideas and ways that maybe God might speak to you. I want to thank you so much for being a part of this church, first and foremost, and thank you so much for being here today. I'm going to ask you to do one last thing. Give everyone a round of applause and turn around and look at this congregation. Come on, turn around. God bless you. Have an awesome day. And those that are joining me for discipleship, I will see you next door. God bless.